This is AM Rush. I'm your host, Alex Mitchell. Monday, May 18th, some headlines out of AM New York Metro. New York City beaches are going to be closed for Memorial Day weekend. And practice what you preach, Governor Andrew Cuomo takes a COVID swab test on live TV. And he took it like a champ, I have to say. And the Brooklyn Navy Yard is stepping up its game in producing PPE products for New York. We have a very interesting interview with the chief development officer over there. Joanna Greenbaum is going to talk about what the yard is doing to help New Yorkers now. This is AM Rush. I'm Alex Mitchell. Let's get started with Mayor Bill de Blasio announcing that New York City beaches will not be open Memorial Day weekend due to the coronavirus pandemic. That came out on Sunday. Now, de Blasio said the beaches will remain open for walking and sitting, but no single person or group will be able to congregate on the shores. The mayor said, quote, We didn't make this decision lightly, and we are watching the indicator. We will be smart and careful about this. We are taking it a week and even a day at a time. So maybe later in the summer we will open, but we are not ready yet. And at the state level, Governor Andrew Cuomo is doing his part to encourage that New Yorkers be tested for coronavirus. On live television, the governor took a COVID-19 swab test saying, quote, you don't even have to be that tough to take the test, not even wincing when the nasal swab entered his nose. Now, the governor also reported that the state is in a good place with the number of hospitalizations and deaths, as well as five upstate regions now reopening. In World War II, the Brooklyn Navy Yard was known for its ability to mass produce to aid the American war effort. Now in 2020, that industrial section of Brooklyn is mass producing for another war effort, this one against the coronavirus pandemic. We're bringing on the Brooklyn Navy Yard's Chief Development Officer, Joanna Greenbaum, to talk about all the ways that the Brooklyn Navy Yard started mass producing PPE products and even ventilators since mid-March. Joanna, we're going to go to you now. Joanna, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. What's going My on? My pleasure. Of course. And what's going on at the Brooklyn Navy Yard now? What are you guys doing as far as manufacturing PPE products? Um, so a number of our companies have actually retooled and remobilized to help New York respond to uh, COVID-19. Um, we have folks producing face shields, hospital gowns, face masks, for cloth-based for New Yorkers, as well as a number of other products, including um, ventilators, actually, um, uh, in order to help the city respond to the current crisis. These companies, you know, don't make these products on a normal day. Um, they do everything from, uh, you know, um, producing billboards and signage um, to and um, military gear for... Um, Navy Sweet Seals, but they quickly um, in mid-March uh, worked with us, alongside us, to figure out what the city needed and figure out how they could shift their um, technical expertise and machinery to help respond. How did the Navy Yard adjust and adapt to be able to make PPE products? Sure. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the Navy Yard. Um, we're a 300-acre formal, formally a naval facility, um, but has you know has been a ecosystem for New York City small business for the last uh, few decades. 
Um, the Navy established the yard in 1801, and for about 150 years, um, we produced some of America's most important naval ships, um, particularly in the World War II era. Uh, the yard employed 70,000 people working three shifts a day to produce the Arizona and the Missouri and a number of other boats. Um, today, we're 300 acres and about 500 businesses um, nearly 11,000 people um, come to work every day at the yard across those 500 businesses. Um, and it's really an ecosystem of manufacturer, light manufacturers, advanced um, people working in advanced manufacturing and technology, um, producing all kinds of different things. So to give a core example of how one company um, shifted to COVID response, um, I would call out Cry Precision, um, which on a normal day um, makes uh, military gear um, such as vests, and helmets and other things um, for our armed forces. Um, they are an incredible uh, design and production shop um, centered at the Navy Yard. And actually, when we at the Brooklyn Navy Yard Development Corporation, who runs the yard, um, got the call that there was going to be need for additional hospital guns. Um, because the supply chain on a lot of these products that we would typically get from outside of New York City or even from abroad, um, that supply chain has um, obviously suffered and in many cases broken down over the last two months. Um, when we were told that, that hospital gowns are something that was needed, um, we immediately spoke, um, got in touch with Cry Precision and one of our high-end fashion brands, um, who's also a yard tenant, Lafayette 148, who on a normal day makes um, women's work clothing. Um, and uh, basically, uh, it's actually a, a kind of interesting story. Um, we got a sample gown, like something that would be worn at a hospital from the Department of Health. Um, we brought it to Lafayette 148, whose um, seamstresses ripped apart the garment, created a pattern, created a digital file of that pattern, shared it with Cry Precision, who made a prototype and sample, um, uh, got all of the materials tested um, for water resistance and, and all of the other specifications that were required by the Department of Health, um, had that created uh, a gown, um, basically reverse engineered a gown without any sort of um, instructions, um, got it approved by the Department of Health, and then um, went into production um, all in the matter of a week or two. Um, uh, they are currently producing 250,000 gowns for New York City, um, tens of thousands a week. Um, and they've also mobilized an additional 10 or so smaller companies on the yard who have sewing capability um, to follow their um, material and technical pack um, and sew together these garments uh, uh, for our hospital workers. So that is like an incredible story, I think. Um, people doing things that they do not do on a normal day, um, but using their skills um, and their abilities to help their community. Wow. And also to put it in perspective, you mentioned that the Navy Yard is producing ventilators. How long does yep. it take to actually produce one of those? So this is really, I think, an example of the innovative and creative spirit of the companies that are on the yard. Um, uh, this 
um, product came out of our hardware incubator, um, which is called New Lab. Um, on a normal day, New Lab is, uh, like I said, a hardware incubator hosting um, several hundred companies who are working on everything from uh, rockets to uh, electronic, uh, electric bicycles. Um, anything that has a, you know, is a manufactured um, product um, trying to push forward uh, on those technologies. Uh, what happened is that, that uh, one of the co-founders of New Lab realized, and as many New Yorkers did, that uh, ventilators may be um, in short supply in New York City. Um, they worked with uh, a, num a couple of folks up at MIT who had written a paper about how to um, create a low-cost um, ventilator machine. Um, they went through FDA um, to get emergency approval um, for use in emergency situations for their um, design. And then a collaboration of companies across the yard, including um, New Lab, um, 10X Beta, which is a prototyping um, company within New Lab, um, and, and a few others came together to actually create a prototype, test it. Um, and now they've gone into production on several thousand machines, specifically um, over 3,000 for New York City. Um, so I think that that really came about seeing that there was a need out there in the world, um, getting connected with folks who had already done some work um, up in Massachusetts, and then really put, coming together to like make the physical product. Like you said before, back in World War II, that's when the Brooklyn Navy Yard really gained its namesake for being able to produce massively for the war effort. And from what you're telling me, it sounds like in a, in a way there's almost that same inspiration to produce like New York needs us. Yeah. America needs us. Like there's almost a second war effort going on. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, like the innovative and spirit of our companies, um, and really, um, the desire to help New York City is coming out in spades um, over the last few weeks. Um, people are producing things just because uh, they want to help New York City. And, um, and you know, it's, like I said, not their normal course of business, probably um, not uh, seeing the returns that their normal business would, um, but they want to be there to help their neighbors and to pitch in. So it's been a really amazing moment for the yard, and and it extends not only to these um, to to the gowns and to the um, ventilators, which are complicated, um, but uh, smaller companies who would normally make um, bags and jewelry are selling masks um, for just normal New Yorkers who now need to wear them out in public. Do you see there being a need to expand manufacturing in urban areas? Um, absolutely. I think what you see today, um, you know, um, the, the, the debate on urban manufacturing is long and storied, um, and I'm not going to try to get into exactly all the nuances today, but I think what you see is that um, in New York, um, it is very important to have this core um, group of folks still know how to make things. Um, granted, perhaps not on the massive scale that most manufacturing happens today, but 
um, but that can make things, that can prototype, that can design, um, and can create a uh, product really in a short period of time under tough conditions, um, especially when supply chains are in question, as they are today, um, it is crucial to be able to have this uh, manufacturing infrastructure in tier one cities um, like New York City um, because frankly without them um, we would not be um, we'd be in a far worse position so I think it just speaks to the need to have a diverse economy and to have diverse spaces within cities for all these types of businesses um, because it, 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 we've seen like the resiliency is just required you know you need that you need that kind of diversity to be resilient and do you see what you're doing at the Brooklyn Navy Yard almost as a call to action for other places around the United States to kind of follow in the model that you're putting out there? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the Navy Yard is certainly a unique place, um, perhaps in all of the country, in that we have so many uh, businesses and and um, have such a unique ecosystem. But I do think it's important to be able to have manufacturers and makers and designers and creative folks um, uh, together, um, be able to come together um, and have space within the city. Um, uh, in order to be there when the city needs them. Um, so I, I definitely think that there is a need for uh, light manufacturing space in cities today, um, having just commercial and residential, um, which is what the trend has been in most American cities over the last couple of decades, um, leaves this group out. And in times of crisis, you know, we definitely need them. So, Well, Joanna, I can't thank you enough for coming on my show today. And it seems like you guys are doing such an incredible thing for New York. One more thing I want to ask you before I let you go. Yeah. What are your plans and the plans for the Brooklyn Navy Yard after the pandemic? Sure. Well, um, we, uh, number one, uh, because we have so many essential businesses on the yard, uh, we have um, stayed open through the crisis. Um, uh, so our our. Uh, gates are open to our businesses. Um, uh, we are here to support our essential businesses. And of course, we're doing that in a safe and modified manner from our normal daily operation. Um, we've also helped the um, 500 or so businesses that call the Navy Yard home uh, apply for PPE, P PPP, excuse me, and work through the various programs that are out there to support small businesses right now. And, you know, our hope is to be able uh, to help them come out of this crisis and be stronger and more resilient on the other end. Um, uh, obviously, there's a lot of question marks still out there about all businesses um, and how uh, the crisis will and the uh, COVID-19 will impact them. Um, but our um, hope is to continue our mission, um, to be here to support those businesses and provide them with uh, space in New York City to carry on um, and make sure that uh, they have access to capital and all of those um, things that people are going to need in the next few months as they come back to work. Um, we also, I'd say, are, um, you know, modifying our operations and uh, helping folks think through the modified operations of their businesses um, so that they can come back safely uh, when, they, uh, when appropriate. 
Well, I can certainly say you guys are doing a wonderful thing down at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Joanna, thank you so much for coming on AM Rush. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Absolutely. Take care. And that was AM Rush. Stay tuned. We have a lot of interesting stuff coming up this week. We are going to be talking about how restaurants can make the most of the summer and how important outdoor seating is going to play a part in that. And we have some other interesting segments coming up that I don't want to spoil just yet. Keep listening, New York. Stay tough out there. This is AM Rush. I'm Alex Mitchell. Wash your hands.